In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. I'm your host, Nicole Bigley, and you are listening to a listener series on A Psychic Story. everyone. If this is your first episode of A Psychic Story, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. This is the third listener episode of the podcast where we share the stories you submitted, whether they be by the form on a psychicstory.com forward slash story dash submission email or the 1-800 number, which is 1-800-880-1881. By the way, if you're in another country and the 1-800 number is not an option for you, but you still would like to submit an audio file, you can record it on your phone or otherwise other platforms and then email it to us at contact at a psychic story.com. Well, just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the stories you've sent in so far. Reading and listening to your stories is by far one of my absolute favorite things to do. And with that, Scott, how are you? What have you been up to since we last spoke? Hi, Nicole. Thanks. Yeah. Loving the warmer weather and loving to go through these listener uh, submissions. It's just so great. And uh, it's just so fulfilling to hear the many stories coming in. So appreciate all the listeners that send things in. Otherwise, uh, yeah, the book is going well. We're into uh, production now and layout, as you know. Um, we are waiting, and I won't name any names, but there is a co-author that owes a, a, a final chapter. And then Don't we'll know be what you're done talking about. The manuscript. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, things are going well. For the record, it took me two weeks to write that whole <laughs> section because I actually had time to focus. And it's only taken me a few, i.e. several months to write the last chapter. So, I mean, <laughs> that's just the reality of the world no. and what we live in right now. Uh, but yes, <laughs> I know I owe you. It's all some working out. I know it's all working out. It's all working out perfectly. So, uh, yeah, things are going are going well. Yeah, I would like to say with those stories that everybody submits, it's really fun for me, whether it comes through in an email or the voicemail. It's almost like Christmas. I see one. I'm like, ooh, do I want to listen to mm-hmm. it, read it now, or do I want to wait for later? And so it's been a really, really fun thing. And then you mentioned the warmer weather. So what else, aside from the book and the podcast, have you been working on? Uh, well, anything outside for me. I'm a big outside type of guy. Um, I run races, triathlons. Uh, I was just out on a bike ride this morning, walking the dog, anything to get out in the sun. I mean, that's the big thing. Uh, it's for fitness purposes and also just uh, uh, it's just great to be outside and, and uh, experiencing uh, God's creation. All right. So do we want to get into it? What do we have on tap today? 
Okay, so we have some um, great stories, and uh, it's hard many times to figure out like which ones are going on which week. So uh, this week we have episodes, and we kind of developed a theme, uh, as you know, around signs and messages, since we all like to have a good, you know, theme and uh, uh, a common theme throughout all the messages. So why don't you take the first one, Nicole? I love a theme. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love a theme for sure. Happy to do it. So this story is from Peggy in Maryland, and it's a follow-up from a reading I did for her late last year. Her brother, who passed away in 2020, came through in the session. Now, most listeners who listen to the podcast know that I don't really do mediumship type of readings, but if a loved one comes through, obviously I'm for sure going to share any messages and information they have. But Peggy's brother was really insistent about speaking with her, and he definitely had a lot to say, not only during the session, but afterwards. So I want to, you know, hear for everyone that is listening, take a listen about what happened next. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Scott. My name is Peggy and I live in Maryland. Nicole, I love your podcast and I listen all the time. I actually had a reading with you this past December and it was amazing and so nice to talk to you in person. I wanted to share a follow-up story with you from my reading. My brother passed away in 2020 and he sends me lots and lots of signs. He sends me birds, feathers, music. I never try to miss a sign from him and feel that he's very close. During my reading, you asked me if my brother and I had a playful relationship, and I told you, yes, we did. And you said, well, be on the lookout for signs from him because he's going to start playing around, maybe moving things, etc. but only if I was open to it. So immediately after my reading with you, I told my brother that I was open to him playing around if he wanted to. So a couple days later, I was driving home from work, and I was on a really busy three-lane highway, and I was in the far left lane, and I was talking to my son on the phone, and I was going slightly over the speed limit, but not super fast or anything. Suddenly, I saw a police car behind me with flashing red and blue lights, and I said to my son, oh my God, I think I'm getting pulled over, and he said, oh no, Mom, are you speeding? And I said, no, not really, just going a little bit over the speed limit, but I don't know why he's got his lights on. I said, you know what, I'm not pulling over to the shoulder, I'm going to go in the middle lane. Maybe he's going after somebody else. So I put my turn signal on, I got in the middle lane and looked out my driver's side window expecting to see a police car zooming past to go after someone, and there was no police car. <laughs> and I looked in the rearview mirror thinking, oh gosh, he's behind me again and he wasn't behind me. There was no police car anywhere at all. I told my son, there's no police car. He said, there's no police car anywhere. Mom, you just said there he was behind you. I said, well, <laughs> I don't know where he went, but he's not anywhere around. So then I immediately thought of you, Nicole, telling me that my brother was gonna play around with me. And I truly think that that was him messing with me or he didn't like that I was speeding even a little bit. I called my mom and I told her what happened and she laughed and she said that had to be your brother. I also called his wife and told her and she said the very same thing. I have since asked him to please not scare me like that. <laughs> so anyway, I just had to share that fun story with you guys. Thanks for this opportunity to share stories. I am really enjoying hearing other people's connection with spirit and angels. It's truly life-changing and amazing. Sending you love, light, and blessings, and good luck to both of you with finishing your book. Thanks. 
All right. So since I talked to her, I have a lot of thoughts. But what are your thoughts, Scott? Yeah, the one thing that that uh, stuck out to me on this was we always get that when we talk about the spiritual and angels and God and this and like it's always so stoic, you know, and serious, <laughs> and and it's not always the case, you know, it's not the case actually a lot of times um, that uh, it's okay to lighten up, you know, and that spirits and angels and you know uh, past loved ones can can play around a little bit and. It, it, almost my, the reaction could be like, well, if they're playing around, they can't be real, you know, because, uh, people are so used to, again, like the, the seriousness. But, but that was the one thing that stuck out to me on this one to, to lighten up, um, and to view stories and look for things happening in our lives that are, uh, from spirit, you know, that are not so, uh, not always so serious. Yes. And so I want to kind of give a little bit about what I experience when I'm in sessions with people and then how their angels and other loved ones may come across. Because when I say this is your angel or this is a, you know, your guardian angel, your spirit guide, that sort of thing, there's a certain energy that's just embodied with that, that I'm experiencing. It's kind of hard to describe, but ultimately with celestial beings, you feel that love, you feel that higher sense of self energy, that sort of thing. And when someone's loved one comes across, it's very much like they're in the room and their personality is just being brought forward. And so I felt her brother playful and just really wanting to make her laugh because he didn't want Peggy to feel so sad and in grief and everything else. And so it was a last minute thing, like she said in the voicemail where she, you know, I said, are you open to him playing around? Cause he's, he wants to kind of joke around with you a little bit. So I loved the fact that not, not that he put the police car behind her for sure, but that he really came out of the gate hot and heavy with saying, okay, you're open. So here we go. And also that the fact that she, there's several things there too, where she said, I'm open. Yes. To receiving. Then he sort of scared her in a funny way. And then she came back and had that energetic boundary that said, you know, I am still open, but just don't scare me. And that's exactly what universe, whether it's your guides and angels, your guardian angels, your loved ones, whomever on the other side really want to kind of help us to understand and navigate in our communication with them. So I love that on a variety of levels. Yeah. And as you know, you know, your mom and I have talked multiple times about how we're going to come back and mess with you. Um, she says hi, and by the way. Lots of different ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the police car is a great idea. Oh, don't even think about it. You guys are going to be really sad if I go before you and I'm the one that turns the tables. So just be careful what you wish for. That's all I want to say. Okay. All right. So anything else on Peggy's story? By the way, Peggy, hi. Thanks again for listening, submitting your story. Anything else you want to share there? Or you feel good to move on to the next no, one? No, that's good. Yeah. This story is a great reminder of where, quote-unquote, home really is. Hi, Nicole and Scott. This is Kate calling from Chicago, Illinois, with an angel story about my dad. In 2019, he was dying of of, uh, pancreatic cancer. And um, near the end of his life, my sister, my brother, and I were holding vigil in the hospital at his bedside. You know, he was a veteran, and so there was some talk that it's, you know, watch, he'll, he'll, he'll go on um, November 11th. 
you know, 11-11, or he will go at 11 a.m., you know, all these things. As we were waiting, we were there from like the 9th, the 10th, and the 11th, you know, as the days kept going on, we were like, he's hanging in there. Um, all of a sudden, and, you know, it, it's 11 o'clock, we're just after 11, and we said, well, there goes that theory, it's 11-11 at 11 a.m., or 11.05 or whatever, um, he's not, you know, he's still here. In walks this woman who we have never seen um, before in hospital. I mean, we were there around the clock and she was dressed in plain clothes. She walked in with a clipboard. She hand, and she was handing us some paperwork, my sister and I, and said, you know that Charlie's going home today. Here's his paperwork. And we're like, wait, what? Like, look over at the bed. That guy's not going anywhere. And at that moment, my dad took his last breath. And my sister, who also happens to be a nurse, saw him take his last breath and just said, guys, he just he just took his last breath. And we all looked at the clock. You know, there, all of our phones, the clock on the wall, the TV that was on, all were saying 11-11. And that woman who walked in with the clipboard saying that he was going home, threw the clipboard on the ground and ran out in a hurry. Like she was spooked. Like it was it was just so funny how she was so like, you know, freaked out. This story was great because uh, it re is a reminder, at least to me, that we are eternal beings living a temporary physical life, you know, and that uh, there are there is this life and other lives that we've lived and will live. And, uh, you know, our home is not necessarily right where we are right now. Uh, we're on a, a phase of that. We're in a, a journey. And this is one stop, you know, say, so, you know, th th people saying, well, he's going home today. You know, obviously, everyone was thinking on the, the physical realm that he was going home, mm -hmm. not even close, but but obviously he did go home. Yes. And it was, there's so many layers to this. The fact that they were somewhat all receiving intuitive or messages from, you know, the divine from universe about that he's going home. And they were trying to correlate, like you said, that it's a home in the physical sense and where that would be, but also that they all had an anticipation of sorts about how and when he was going to kind of go and transition over to the other side. So I think it's just a beautiful moment that they experienced that, but there was still a way for the universe. We talk about angels and and how they come in form and interact. And often they can also be people that are here that are just doing their jobs or going throughout their day and somehow they're feeling led and they just do things like the nurse that came in. At first, I almost thought she was going to say, the nurse just disappeared or it ended up being some mm. some angel from the other side when in reality mm. I truly think intuitively as, I'm t as I tune in that it was a nurse that worked in the hospital and she was just busy she's going about her day she walked in she got her signals crossed or her information crossed and for her to deliver that message in such a way was to get the family's attention so that then they also paid more attention to that moment of when you know, he passed mm -hmm. over or he transitioned. And so I think that's also just an, another, another way for us to kind of keep our eyes out for those types of experiences because they happen in all different kinds of ways. Yeah, no, I agree. So this story is from Michelle in Southern California about the passing of her grandmother and how receiving a message before and after was just what she needed to heal and to move forward. 
Hi, my name is Michelle, and I'm from Southern California, and I felt compelled to send in a message about um, an angel experience I had after listening to the podcast about angel interventions. What happened was that my grandmother, who really was more like a mother to me than my grandmother, we were very close, she had cancer and was sick for quite some time, and she ended up in the hospital. And it was at the point where it didn't look like there was very much that could be done for her. Um, it looked like kind of the end of the road. And this was maybe, it was March or April, and she was very sick. And she was in the hospital getting her cancer treatment. And I one day was at home, and I just heard a voice. I've never had this happen before or since, but very clearly, I heard a voice in my head that said to me, your grandmother will die two days after your birthday. And that was it. And at the time, I thought, well, that's strange because my birthday isn't for several months and my grandmother seems like she's going to die soon. It just seems like kind of the end of the rope for her at this point. She's been spending a lot of time with her in the hospital and what have you. And so I kind of paid a little bit of attention to it, but I kind of just missed it. And I thought, well, maybe they're talking about my mother's birthday. My, my birthday is in July. My mother's birthday is in May. So that was a lot closer. And I thought, well, maybe it's two days after my mother's birthday. And so I kind of paid attention to that day and had it in the back of my head that maybe my grandmother was going to die two days after my mother's birthday in early May. And my mother's birthday came and went, and my grandmother was still alive. And so I kind of just missed it at that point. Like, I don't know. It was just a thought. It really wasn't a voice, although very distinctly it was a voice that I heard in my, he in my head that was not a thought. Um, it was, it was otherworldly, if you will. Anyhow, um, so my birthday is July 2nd, and we got further into the summer, and I hadn't thought too much about the voice, and I was with her. She had moved from the hospital to hospice care, and it truly was the end, and I remember seeing her on the last day that I saw her when she was alive. She had the what is called, I guess, the wake of death. There's like a term for it in Arabic, which I can't remember, but it's called the wake of death, where someone is not really lucid, but right before they die, they are. And my grandmother was in that state. She had not been lucid for weeks. And all of a sudden, she was lucid. And I remember sitting with her and asking her, I knew it was going to be the last time I saw her. And I said, will you come and, and, and let me know that you're okay? And she looked at me kind of confused and she said, what? And I said, will you let me know that you're okay when you're, once, once you've passed over, once you've died? And she kind of got it and she said, yes. And I went home. I lived a couple hours away from where she was being cared for. My mother was with her and I went to bed and at like two o'clock in the morning, I got a call from my mom saying that she had died. 
And I remember getting up in the middle of the night and I like put in my contacts and I got dressed, uh, you know, warm whatever pajamas. And I sat on this chair and I said, okay, grandma, I'm ready for you. You can, you can come see me now. You can come tell me that you're okay. And I sat up for a couple hours and she didn't come. So what I did realize afterwards is that it was not two days after my birthday, but it was three days and two hours. We were two hours into, um, I guess it was July 5th, that she had passed away. And so I didn't know what that meant, but years later I met with a psychic and I asked the psychic, I said, what does this mean? She was a medium. And I said, what does this mean that I had this voice never since, never before, and she said, the the angels, the, the you know, the guides, spirits around you were telling you in order to prepare you because my grandmother was so important to me and I loved her so much. And so I assume that was the angel thing, that she was going to leave me then and to prepare me for it. And that's my angel story. Thank you. Thanks for your podcast. It's pretty awesome. Okay. So there's several things in that that I feel kind of led to talk about. One was she talked about the voice in her head and it felt otherworldly or at the same time, the way I describe it, it's everywhere at once and yet nowhere at once. When you have that, it you know, it's different from the quote unquote people hear voices in their head type of situation. And it just, it stands out in such a way that it's not just a thought that you're having and it's not something that you're hearing you know, even if you were kind of whispering in my ear, Scott, uh, that sort of thing. And so that whole voice in our heads or around us, that omnipotence is one huge way that our either our own intuition and higher self tends to communicate with us, or also whether it's our spirit team, angels from the other side and so forth tend to get our attention. And then she talks about how interpreting what it meant, because it said two days after your birthday. And so she went through that whole process of, is it May? Is it my mom's? Is it my my birthday? What does that look Mm -hmm. like? And it's important to kind of think about it, but also spirit can be very literal and then at the same time, not literal and very generic. And so it can be hard, but I often try and talk to people or share with them when you have that message is what are you, what's really resonating with you and how did that make you feel and all of that other stuff. So she probably would take a moment and try to not talk herself in or out of the situation and the message that received. In that case, it was very specific. So I would say that she could probably take it more in the the literal sense that was close around her birthday. And also the trip happened to be right around her birthday. And so I think all of that, and then compounding and adding to the fact that it was a symbolic trip for both her loved ones and then it was important for her and her sister. And the underlying message I got out of that was that live your life, enjoy it, experience those things. You don't have to be in grief or sadness when it comes to just making sure that you're pushing forward and you're moving forward in those aspects of your life. So that was my interpretation of it. I don't know if you had any other thoughts to add. Yeah, I think the whole discussion, I think we mentioned it once before as well, 
the idea of clear, you know, and, and meaning clair and clairaudience, clairvoyance. And it's that, that clear component of the message you're getting in is what helps to identify it as real, you know, in that sense, at least for me. Um, and in my, uh, you know, brief experience with my, you know, beloved coach, you know, in high school, uh, that kind of I made a connection to a few months ago, just kind of feeling him getting more present in my life. I get, I, I feel that and I hear that and I hear his voice or a voice that I associate with him. And it's just the, it's a kind of like, you know, your gut reaction. Is it, is it me or is it not? You know, and then you say, well, it's not me. You know, it's not my thoughts. It's definitely Bob, you know, and, um, uh, so that's, that was one thing that, uh, came up to me on this one was that, you know, distinguishing between your own thoughts, somebody else's thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling led to also kind of explain a little bit. So a lot of times our intuition is going to come through and it is going to feel as if it comes from us. And the best way I can describe it is literally just that it feels like it comes from us. When it feels bigger or different or somehow, again, getting our attention in a different way, that is usually going to be your spirit team or loved ones from the other side and how that looks. So it doesn't really matter, in my opinion, which hmm. is which, if you you don't have to necessarily try and define it and distinguish it. However, as you start to progress, and in this instance, it was a little bit more jolting and it stood out to her. And she's going to remember that, that that is a way that, again, her team universe gets her attention when it comes to bigger messages and things like that. And I've said before on the podcast, it's happened to me quite frankly, a handful of times where I've had that message from a voice that just comes in. So take it or leave it, whatever, you know, it resonates Mm -hmm. with you, but that's just kind of how I've been experiencing things and also what I wanted to uh, share now. Along that line is, um, I was talking to a friend, uh, a dear friend, very devout Catholic, um, was considering going into the priesthood for a while, didn't go that route, and is now in the medical profession. But he's very scientifically minded, okay, pragmatic, etc. <laughs> Religious, <Yeah>. scientific, <laughs> which one? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Logical. In a lot of ways. I was telling him about the book and he was like, oh, angels, huh? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, I don't know. And I said, well, you know, being brought up in the Catholic religion, I mean, there's angels all over the place. You know, you have the saints, you have, um, you know, the uh, Blessed Mother, you have, you know, a lot of different inputs. And then he said, you know what? There is a whole section of the church that just deals with angelology and St. Thomas Aquinas. And I said, well, actually, we talk about St. Thomas Aquinas in the book. And he goes, you know what? But I never really thought that these things could be, we could have interactions with them. You know, for him, it was all almost academic in a sense, arm's length away. He knew about it deeply embedded in part in the Catholic in Catholicism but it just kind of like I could see a, a switch going off in it's his mind it's not like, just reserved for yeah. the churches by the way I mean right. this is for right. all of us to access yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then even those within the religion are thinking that well it's it's for someone else it's for the priest it's for mm-hmm. you know other people to interact with them not not us you know so that was just mm-hmm. one thing that came yesterday conversation I had well, look at you. 
pushing awakenings and people's spiritual growth, even <laughs> within the scientific yeah. and religious yeah. communities. Okay. <laughs> Incredible. All right. So now we're going to go into emails, right? Yes. Yes. So uh, in this portion, we'll be uh, looking at a few emails that have come in, which um, are, there's more emails than voicemails, which is interesting. But uh, uh, in any case, this is an email come in. It came in along, you know, the idea of a message. So this is from uh, Barbara Lindvall. My first experience was with Archangel Raziel. Uh, I've always known that I was sensitive to energies, but chose instead to connect through mediums. Even after they would tell me I could be doing this on my own, especially with the angels. As time went on, the angels' persistence in connecting with me grew harder to deny. Two years ago, I slipped on black ice and got a pretty good concussion. For the first time as an adult, I was forced to slow down and stop. I began daily meditation practice, and it was life-changing and beautiful. But I still didn't believe that I could communicate with angels, so I went on a search for the right class and mentor and, re and read tons of books trying to find mentors. One day, while cleaning, I walked down the upstairs hallway and a black feather flew in front of me. I left the window open just a little as I, as I was doing the laundry. I immediately panicked, thinking it must mean death or something terrible, so I picked it up and threw it out of the window and continued uh, cleaning my room. About 15 minutes later, I came back down the hall, and there it was again, the black feather, right in the middle of the floor. I picked it up and thought, okay, you have my full attention. Now let's see what this is about. I sat in meditation, and I saw this beautiful angelic being who I could only describe looking like was Aladdin. So curious, I googled an angel who looks like Aladdin, and this picture of Raziel came up, and I almost dropped the iPad I was holding. It was the angel and the vision I had seen. I had never heard of him before and felt so embarrassed, so I sat again and asked if this is Raziel, and my left hand started trembling, and my index finger started intensely tapping the iPad. I couldn't make it stop or slow it with my thoughts. I thought I was going crazy. I had to walk away and recenter myself. I sat down with it later again that night, and as the connection was building, my fingers started tapping again, and at this time, I let it happen. It started moving as it was writing with my left hand, but I'm right-handed. At the same time, words were coming through me that it didn't feel like my own. I grabbed a pen and paper, and my left hand began writing the most beautiful words about love and light, and the words just flowed and flowed through me over the pages. When it slowed down, I read what I wrote as if I was seeing these words for the first time. This started a lovely relationship with the beautiful angel Raziel. Yeah, so this was certainly automatic writing, you know, which I just learned mm -hmm. about, you know, uh, you know, five years ago. And it's very similar to uh, the Jerry and es Esther Hicks uh, work with uh, Abraham if, uh, and, and the Law of Attraction. They wrote tons and tons of book, but books about that. And this would, this exact way is, is how Esther started to write the material was she had tapping, uh, tapping sensation. And then she started just going to her typewriter. And for the first several pieces, she was automatic typing. Uh, in a sense, through uh, Abraham. And so that it was a great uh, example of automatic writing. Have you heard of that? I mean, have you 
experienced that in your... Yes, I have. Uh, I was going back to what she said in the very first part of the story that she shared is that she slipped and she got a concussion. And so there are a lot of theories out there that if you have a near-death experience, if you have experiences where there's trauma or impact to the brain or other aspects, that it also can kind of impact or signal to your brain and other aspects of your psychic senses and almost turn it on whether and and by the way you know how I feel we all have the psychic abilities intuitive senses and it just matters about the volume in terms of it turning up or down or that sort of thing so I feel like as I'm hearing her story there was a piece and a part of that too that happened where she had it all along but there was that incident that just kind of triggered it and moved it in to her being able to tap into it more. And then when it comes to the automatic writing, I think about if we look at our vibration and our frequency needing to be in a state that's a radio signal that allows us to connect with the other side, with universe, with source, with our spirit team, whomever, whatever we're trying to connect with, it literally is getting on that signal or getting on that vibration and frequency. And so with when we do that and we're in a moment of just receiving, we start to channel or also what I call download and receive information automatically writing, writing, journaling, any of that is a beautiful way of being able to connect with spirit. I don't do it as much probably because of the fact that I write for a living (laughs) during my day job. And so the last thing I want to also do is be in front of a computer or writing down on a piece of paper. But it's an excellent way for people to if you're visual or if you just like to see the the physical aspects of having an exercise to allow energy to flow through you, that's going to be a really awesome way for you to be able to connect and have that go through um, you. There are also people that get a little scared about it, about automatic writing. I had a, a, someone walk up to me at an event one time where she was asking me and I said, well, I don't really do that. She's like, you got to be careful because I did it and there were these things. It's almost akin to some Sometimes it's like an Ouija board where it can be a tool tool or resource. And to that, I say, if your intention is pure and you're sitting down and Mm. you want to connect, it is all about how you're receiving that message and how you want to connect and what tool is helpful for you. Pendulums, crystals, automatic writing, meditation, uh, all of it, again, are just multiple ways of kind of engaging and, and keeping that door open. Yeah, I mean, experiencing your hand, you know, doing something out of your control, it's got to, you know, freak, freak out. I mean, I haven't, I, I have experienced automatic writing, but mainly, you know, through my thoughts or like I'd be writing, uh, something, you know, being already writing something. And then I kind of look back and I was, and I could say like, well, wait a minute, where did that come from? But I was already writing. It wasn't like taking, going out of control. And the, the one thing, and like you said, um, you know, sometimes it is scary. I could see how it would be. Uh, but so many times and so many listener stories and some of our guests, the key thing is to just like go with it, like go with it. Don't be afraid. Go with it. Uh, because we're kind of, you know, programmed and scared and many different new experiences to shut it down. In many cases, if we just go with it and let it go and let spirit move through us, you know, great things could happen. 
Yeah, and if you think about, too, the therapists, doctors, and not one, so I can't raise my hand here, but they say journaling and writing down your thoughts and emotions is very therapeutic. So even even if you mm-hmm. just take that as a sign and a step towards mm-hmm. healing and therapy, it is part of who we are. Again, us being physical beings, there are things that help us bring that energy into the physical, meaning touch, sound, writing, all of that sort of sort of kind of methods of communication or energy and movement help. Um, so even if you look at it as a therapeutic tool, an aspect versus just a spiritual tool, I think can also be helpful mm-hmm. for people. All right. So the next one is I have a message in a story from Denise from New York. And she writes, my name is Denise and I'm from Brooklyn, New York. In my early 20s, I'm 41 now, I was introduced to Sylvia Brown and in her books, she talks a lot about Mother God. She said, you can ask for a sign to show you that she is with you. All you had to do was ask for a rose within seven days. I thought this was so cool. I'm going to try it. So I asked for a white rose. Every day I was anxiously waiting for my white rose to arrive. Day seven came and no rose. I came home from work that day sad, thinking, why didn't my rose come? My brother was home and asked me to watch a movie with him. I said, yes, maybe it will distract me from my sadness. We were watching the movie and in it, someone died. So the main character is going to the funeral. All of a sudden, the camera zooms in to what he is holding in his hand, a white rose and attached to the rose is a note. The camera zooms into the note and it says, God works in mysterious ways. OMG, the joy that shot through my body at that moment. I had the biggest smile on my face. Every time I think of that day, a huge smile always appears and I can still feel the love and joy from knowing that mother God is always with me. So from this, I take a lot, (laughs) but it's also that when we often ask (laughs) for a sign in our minds, we think that that sign is going to be a specific thing. She was probably thinking a literal white rose that's going to come and either be delivered on her doorstep, a white Mm. rose petal is going to fall in front of her foot as she's walking, somebody's going to deliver a bouquet of flowers, whatever that is. But as I always like to say, is that spirit universe source is going to find ways to give us that sign, whether whether it's through a bumper sticker, a screenshot on your phone, uh, an algorithm on social media that just all, all of a sudden pops up, even though you haven't said anything, but you thought it type of thing. In this case, uh, a movie, it could also be lyrics to a song or something else. It's just a matter of kind of keeping your eye out for that sign. Again, it doesn't have to be as literal as we think what that sign or that message is going to be. But I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, the, the, the phrase comes to mind, you know, please give me a sign <laughs> yeah. your sign. <laughs> it's like, I got a sign. And then like, no, okay, that was good. But, you know, what about today? I need something a little more concrete. And so many times we miss them, obviously. Um, in our neighborhood, we um, this uh, dog was lost. And uh, the uh, the owners put out posters. We're looking for a dog, you know, pictures of the dog. And... Um, we and we spent a lot of time looking for him as well, and um, my wife said, "Well, I I just let's just manifest the dog coming home, you know, man running towards us coming home," and I'm like, "Okay, you know, let's do that, you know." So we're doing that, and then I think it was only about three days, uh, dogs missing, uh, but uh, we heard that they they put out this thing in um, uh, that one app that connects neighborhoods. 
that the dog was found. Next door. Next door, yeah. And so we went by to see the owners, um, and they said, yeah, it came home. She came home, and it was great. And then um, we're walking down, the, walking back home, and I said, well, there it was. I mean, we didn't see the, the dog running home to us, but I'm sure the dog, you know, once it came, whoever found them, you know, ran to its owners uh, after not seeing them for three days. So, like, that was one thing, like, yeah, okay, it didn't happen the way we wanted it. We wanted it. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be the mm-hmm. ones that the dog would come to us and we bring it back to the owners, but, but it still happened. Um, and so that was one thing. And the next thing, it is kind of a, it's a, my, one of my favorite 50 cent words is self reinforcing perception bias, right? Mm-hmm. So you're looking for something and then you see it. And then you see, and, and then you start, you're just sensitive to other things that reinforce that. And so that would be a way that some people would, would try to explain away signs to say like, oh, well, you were looking for it. Um, and that's why you saw that. Sometimes a butterfly is a butterfly. I mean, it just is what it is as far as that goes. Right. And we try and interpret right. it and we make it a sign. And I think back to when I was younger and I bought my very first car, which my parents had like lent me a car, which was my dream car. But the car mm, that I yeah. actually bought was, I think it was a 1989 Red Celica GT something. I mean, it was it was fierce, but there were not very many on the road. I paid a couple of thousand dollars for this car. It was a junker. But I, once I bought it, I saw them everywhere, you know, I never saw it before. It was not Mm, the color red, the type of car, the, all of it hardly ever saw it, but I saw it everywhere on the road. And so there's a part of that too, which you just described that when we're experiencing things, we are going to see that because we're either it's all all of a sudden in our consciousness or subconsciousness and we're on the lookout for all the things. Hmm. But also that is how universe and spirit works. We define meaning based on certain things, but yes, we also have our own soul language. So when we ask for a sign, when we ask for a meaning or a message to be associated with something, and then we're looking for it, it is a gift when it's associated. It's also a little bit of the placebo effect. I'm not going to be, you know, lying about that in the fact that if you see it, does it really matter? Take that as a win. Take that as faith. Take that as an energetic opening Mm. up of I'm open to receiving more to enable then future miracles, future interactions and things to happen. There's just that level of it too. So I say in this particular instance, that was something where, yes, maybe we somebody could kind of dissuade or say that it was because you were looking for it. But there's so many things that had to happen for that quote unquote coincidence to then be a message for her that in my mind, in my opinion and my intuition, is it's exactly what she was asking for. All right. So along with that, I have a question for you. So I have a story. A of, little side note, sidebar here. That's not scripted. Okay. Love it. Let's go. <laughs> um, there was, they were looking for a house and they wanted a sign and they said, let's, you know, let's, mm-hmm. you know, show us a sign of a giraffe. Uh, that, so that we'll know that this is the house we're meant to be in. So they go in the house, but they start looking. Oh, they don't see it moving in. So they start looking into drawers and, and closets and they, they're kind of <laughs> looking for the sign. And to me, that was like, I don't know. That seems kind of like manufactured. And I think they ended up finding like some odd thing, like a napkin, like in the back of a drawer that had a giraffe on it. And then they took that as a sign. And and I just I, I just had some doubt about that. I mean, what do you okay, think? Okay, that's intense. Yeah. yeah. 
I think that's intense, number one. But also, to me, I say to people that do that, stop, close your eyes, take a breath, and just ask yourself, why are you doing that? You want that to be the situation. You wanted that clearly to be your home. And so you're looking for that. But there was like something maybe else that was either the money wasn't there or they Hmm. really weren't sure. There was like some sort of tug intuitively that was pulling them in a different direction. So they wanted something quote unquote to be concrete in order to make that decision. So they'd be like, Oh, look, it's a, you know, it's a sign from the universe. We've got to move forward in this direction. And then they were trying Hmm. too hard. So I feel like if you're trying too hard to look for a sign, that should also be an indicator that literally you're trying too hard. You shouldn't have to. It should not be where you're going through drawers and you're looking for some sort of, you know, sign or information or message from the universe. In my opinion, it should be something that naturally flows and comes through it. Like this woman, again, she was sad because she was going throughout her day and didn't Mm. see it. She wasn't going and, uh, you know, rifling through things to try and find a rose. And it just so happened as she's sitting there, like boom, hits her in front of the face about what that is. That's a little bit of a different distinguishing factor from that. And also just one other thing before we move on to the next is that when we ask for a yes or no answer, like in the case of the giraffe, if you get another response and it was the opposite from, I don't know what was yes with the giraffe, mm. but what was no with, you know, yeah. say a squirrel, whatever. If that was the case and they got the squirrel and then they're like, well, <laughs> I really want it to be <laughs> yeah, right. a yes. So I'm going to look for, that's the signier right. sign. That's yeah. the, again, it goes back to, you just right, want something. Right. So then make the decision because you particularly want that. But again, if you're pushing Mm. so hard, then that is likely you're into both two people too. That's the other thing. It wasn't just one person. It was two people. So there's probably something to tell them to not buy that house. And they were just rooting and hunting for the answer. Yeah. Interesting. That's what I take from that. So. Oh, and the one uh, phrase that came up in this one was that um, I had love and joy from knowing that Mother God is always with me. What exactly is she referring to in Mother God? (laughs) I had to look that up because I forgot, honestly. That's why, yes. So Mother God is the title given to the Virgin Mary. Okay, got it. So if you were familiar, and it's not part of my religion or spirituality, but uh, if you think of Mother God, it's literally God's mother, i.e. Jesus, the Virgin Mm -hmm. Mary. So, yes. Okay, so next email is from Yasina Rozak. I hope I pronounce your name correctly here. I want to share my experience with an, uh, with an angel and loved one that came to me in my dreams. I know that I've been very intuitive and a lot of the messages I receive come to me in dreams. Back in 2017, we moved out of the home I grew up in into a new city and home. And one night I dreamt of an angel, and the only thing the angel said was, pay attention because you're going to receive a message. And that was all the angel said. A few weeks later, I dreamt about my maternal grandfather who died when I was five years old. Although I don't have a lot of memories about my grandfather, I always felt we had a special connection, and I knew I'd name my son after him. The night that my grandfather came to me in my dreams, he said, I'm coming for someone. Be prepared. So it felt so real to me, and I woke up and I told Mom about my dream, and I thought Grandpa was coming for Grandma. Years passed since my Grandpa died, and my grandmother never remarried, so it seemed logical that it would be, that, that would be the order of things. 
Fast forward several months later, I had a dream about mom and me in a beautiful church that we had all to ourselves. And we were walking around admiring the beauty of the church. After a while, my mom kept disappearing and I was desperately trying to find her. When the main doors of the church opened, all I could see were clouds and a bright light. My mom started to walk into the light, and I tried to follow her, but couldn't move. I screamed for her to take me with her, but she just smiled and walked into the light and disappeared. I woke up with so much emotion and tears in my my eyes, I told mom about the dream and asked to take me with her if she were to pass. By the end of that year, we found out that my mom had terminal cancer, and the doctor gave her three months to live. My mom kept saying that she just wanted to make it into the new year. She loved the holidays. She passed on January 2nd. My mom got her wish and spent the last Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year with all her children. Since then, I've had a lot of premonitions through my dreams. I love your podcast and look forward to new episodes every week. Yeah, what a great analogy. I mean, that was was very moving Mm -hmm. to me. You know, just that uh, she had that you know, she had that vision and I'm, you know, many times we have dreams and you're just into it. You know, you're, you're caught up in it as it's real and you experience it as real and you are caught up in the emotions of her and her, her mom separating, you know, uh, as her mom left. And it, it was also a kind of preparation as well that, you know, be prepared. Your, your mom is going to die and, uh, get ready for it. It's not who you think it is. It's your mom. So that was just two things that kind of uh, stuck out to me on this. Question. Do you want to know when you're going to die or when some, when a loved one does? Cause that's oh, like, I guess when I, when you, when so you read this, I, I was just like thinking about that. Like, do I, I sort of have, not for you, by the way, I haven't tuned in. Don't worry. But like for me, I sort of know, but at the same time, like my mom, I think about the people that I love and in my life. And I don't know if I want to know. Well, some, I talked with some friends about this every now and then. Would mm-hmm. you want to know the day and time you're going to die? And um, most say no, they don't want to. But I'm like, I don't know. I kind of would like to because then if I, could I had plan, a definitive, you know, yes, <laughs> I could like <laughs> blow all your money yeah. or just and then, do and then, all the things you needed to well, do. Well, that's with it. Yeah, you, you rack yeah. up credit mm-hmm. cards, mm-hmm. give gifts, buy boats, give them to my kids, you know. But uh, outside of that, you know, would I want to know? And and I don't know. I go back and forth on it. You know, it might be better if I don't know. But if I did know, I know I would, it would increase my anxiety level because I'd be like, okay, I want to get all these things done by this date, you know. And it, there's a story about a kid in elementary school is given a homework assignment to ask people what they would do if they knew they were going to die mm-hmm. tomorrow. And so he went around to everyone and said, well, I'm going to call my relatives. I'm going to make good with a bad relationship. And he went to his grandfather, who was on his back porch carving a duck, a wooden duck. And he said, Grandpa, what are you going to do if you're going to die tomorrow, if you knew you were going to die tomorrow? And he goes, well, I might be able to finish this duck, (laughs) you know. You know, meaning that that he was okay. Everything in his life was good. You know, that was the lesson of that story. But yeah, to kind of live your life in, you know, nothing left undone, you know, uh, and kind of live your life as it is. Mm -hmm. And for her in particular, for me, I believe, and as I'm tuning in intuitively, is that 
she needed to have that information so that she could prepare. Some people may, that's why I asked the question. Mm, Some people may want to know themselves or others. Some people may not want to know, but I again, truly believe that spirit universe source is not going to give us any information. That's not for our best and highest good, especially if it's something like she wasn't, she wasn't asking for it. It just kind of came to her. And so when we kind of wonder, all right, what's going on and in my life and what does this look like when I receive a message like this? It's pay attention because Mm -hmm. you obviously have made some sort of choice at some point in your spiritual journey or growth that you want to know in order to prepare or whatever that looks like, but also as a message that you have the ability to receive information from source. Right. Yeah. Good. All right. So I'm going to throw you for a loop here. I added an extra one here that you're not familiar with. Is that okay? Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a, it's a yep, good go one. Ahead. It came in. I love to lean in and embrace when a story or a message comes in right when we're about to produce something and tell stories. And so this one is from Sarah R. And she writes, it's a little long, so guys, bear with me. Good evening. I would first like to thank you for creating a psychic story. I hit every single life event last year and with it added a 45 to 60 minute commute to work. Your podcast has realigned me with my higher self and giving me patience, which is greatly needed having four children ages 11 months to 15 years of age. That's a big stretch there and given me patience, which is greatly needed. Working as a middle school administrator and raising an eight-month-old Aussie on an almost five-year-old golden retriever with a three-year-old black cat, I mention my animals because one is part of my story. I rarely have time for myself, and when I do, I choose to tune into your podcast. Thank you for that. Before COVID, I used to drive my three older children to visit my family in Oregon from Philadelphia every summer. It takes a minimum of three nights, but we would typically take four to six since we would go on adventures. The last time I drove out in the summer of 2019, I recall getting unusually tired after driving through the Salt Flats headed into Nevada after our third night. We had just stayed in Salt Lake City, which typically means that I can make it to my parents late that evening if we don't take any long stops. I pulled over in Elko, Nevada around noon to make an early lunch stop and decided to run errands to pass some time to try to regain some energy. However, I wasn't just able to wake up and snap out of this weird daze I had found myself in. So I decided to book a last minute hotel in Ilko around two and spent most of the afternoon and evening lounging poolside and watching my children swim. The next day, we began our nine and a half hour drive to my family's home, taking a route I'd only taken once before in the dark, going in the opposite direction. A few hours into my drive, I was on cruise control and listening to Sirius XM when I quickly approached a bright blue sedan. Eastern Oregon is mostly high plain desert, but the speed limit drops to 60 when entering the state from 70 miles per hour. I had yet to lower my cruise control and annoyingly passed them. I think we can all relate to that. (laughs) At that point, they started to put pressure on me from behind, and I felt the most arrogant need to maintain an even higher speed to stay in front. After a few miles, I didn't see them in my rearview mirror any longer and kept my cruise control at 70. I was driving a 2015 Pathfinder. I had my middle child, Nathaniel, in the front seat with me, my golden retriever, Griffey, behind me, my youngest, Naomi, in the back seat, passenger seat, and my oldest, Bryston, in the third row, right behind his sister. I suddenly felt breathing on the left side of my neck. 
I asked Naomi if she could pull Griffey, the dog, off of me, and she said he wasn't anywhere near me. When I looked over my shoulder, I saw him laying with his head near Naomi, lying on the seat. I brushed the odd sensation off when I heard a loud thump on the side of my car, like someone had hit a window with their fist. Immediately, I yelled at my kids and asked them why they were messing around. My kids were all engaged in their devices on the passenger side of the car and just looked at me like I was going crazy. I then got worried that I hit something or vice versa. Just as I was thinking that, my speed began to decelerate. I watched my needle move down and no matter how much I pushed on the gas, it wouldn't back up. I thought for sure I was breaking down. I checked my phone and I had no service. To make things worse, about 15 minutes prior, I saw a sign that read next gas station 120 miles. After a few moments, I realized that my car started to maintain the speed of about 30. I looked up and saw a yellow sign that showed a 90 degree angle and a 15 mile per hour sign underneath it. I started to brake. Just as I slowed down even more, the road took a sharp 90 degree turn overlooking both the most frightening and beautiful landscape. The scattered bushes below looked like stars in the sky the way the sun reflected off them. A cold rush went through my body and I realized my entire family would have completely gone over the cliff if I hadn't been slowing down. The drop was no less than 100 feet. My knuckles were white as I gripped my steering wheel, my palms drenched with sweat. I safely took my family down the most terrifying road I have ever driven down. About halfway down the side of the mountain, I noticed the blue car in my rear view mirror, and I sensed a sense of relief. I was happy to have someone else there to assist if there was something wrong with my car. When we finally made it down to the side of the mountain, I tested my cruise control and everything was working. 90 miles later, I rolled into a gas station. I asked the attendant about the cliff and he said that, yeah, I'm a volunteer firefighter and I've been called out there twice. Unfortunately, sometimes the cars will sit out there for a while because nobody is there to see them go over. There was a fatal accident out there not too long ago. I drove the speed limit for the rest of that trip. A couple of years before that, someone told me that they saw a little boy in my future. I laughed them off and said, there was no way. I have three kids and I'm a single mom. She asked if I had surgery to prevent a pregnancy and I said no, but I had used precautions. At 40 years old, I gave birth to my beautiful baby, Beau. Never in a million years would I have thought I was going to happily and lovingly birth another child. I can't remember who said it to me and totally forgotten about the entire conversation until I found out I was having a boy. I was praying for a little girl so my daughter could have a sister. Anyway, it's amazing to be able to do it again as I now value my time with my baby so much more because I know how quickly the time flies. Most of all, I think about how if I had driven my family off of that cliff that day he never would have been able to make it into this world that's my story I've been meaning to share this with you, but just now got around to writing it down. I often wonder if it was my own spirit guides or a spirit who had passed that saved our lives. I leaned towards the ideas that the angels were there with me and it wasn't our time to go, or that the entire experience was set up to remind me that angels do exist. Thank you for reading. Wow, what a great story. <laughs> I mean, talk about messages. This is not like seeing, you know, eleven eleven mm-hmm. on the clock <laughs> or a feather. Mm-hmm. Um, but the physical, uh, you know, operation of the car, you know, the, the physical breath, the uh, feeling thumping, of the breath the fi- on the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and, yeah, thanks for sticking this in. in the last I like minute. to shock you for some story. things. <laughs> but um, I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, if, you know, if she, you know, if anybody did some research to see, like, did any other people who maybe died on that road, yeah. you know, if that was one of them, you know, kind of coming back. Have not, because she just sent it literally last night through. So I think that that would be something. Yeah. But she also sent a photo of that turn 
on the interstate or that route. And so I'm definitely going to share it on social media oh, if anyone yeah. wants to check yeah. it out. But yeah, it's definitely a sharp turn. It's like it, it appears that mm. as you're going down, as you're accelerating, there's just this like quick like L like shaped turn and it's very beautiful. But if you don't know it's happening, then yeah, I can only imagine. And then you have every other distraction in the car. I mean, she talked about her phone, <laughs> the kids, the dog, everything else that goes into it. So yeah, so definitely the breathing, the thumping, the deceleration of the car, all of it was definitely her guides and angels, I think, looking out for her. So with that, I guess that is our final uh, story for this episode. And before we officially sign off, I wanted to congratulate the following people for winning a free session with me. They submitted a five-star review of the podcast. They emailed a contact at a psychic story to be alerted. Those winners are Angela. Rose, Colleen Anderson, and Karen Glogger. You received an email. Please uh, go ahead and book directly with me. And thanks for listening and supporting the show. And congrats for winning. And if anybody would like to share a story, and not it doesn't have to be just an angel story. It can be a supernatural story, spirit guides, um, and even questions. You know, please do so on the website. If you get a chance, uh, apsychicstory.com forward slash story dash submission or you can send an email to contact at a com, or you can leave a voicemail we got everything covered here you can leave a voicemail at 1-800-880-1881 there's a 10 minute limit on the voicemail so if you run over just call back and finish your message also you just submit any questions you may have as well your question or story could possibly be included in a listener stories episode like this and we thank all of you who sent in your stories in the past Yes, we truly do love reading them, hearing them, all of it. If you're interested in our upcoming book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, you can sign up to be alerted when the book is available at lookingforangelsbook.com. All right, Scott, anything else before we wrap? No, that's it. Uh, Thanks, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks, Nicole, for a great episode. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at apsychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at apsychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win. 